Welcome to yet another night of technology conversations on Ghana Radio. It's really, really exciting to come your way today because we have some discussions surrounding everything having to do with the future of content consumption and production and distribution as well. It's going to be a great show. Stay tuned in. This is City Trends. My name is Philip Ashron and City Trends is sponsored by First National Bank. Quick question, why let your business settle for less when you can get a lot more with First National Bank? Hmm? Well, go ahead and go beyond banking with a digital partner that understands your business. Let your business bank the better way with a business account from First National Bank. The First National Bank business account is more than just some ordinary account. Well, because it is a portal that gives you access to tools designed to propel your business. This includes features like their award-winning online banking enterprise, their straightforward global payment solution, and trade solutions and merchant services. You can also choose an account that suits your particular sector. No matter what segment you're in, from agriculture to public sector and, well, everything else literally in between, First National Bank has you covered. Just visit firstnationalbank.com and opt to have one of their consultants call you back or you can pop into any of their branches in Accra Mall, Junction Mall, Makola Mall, West Hills Mall, Achimota Mall, Tamar Community, Levin, Gian Towers or their head office branch at Accra Financial Center building. It's more than just business for them because it means much more to them. And so if it's more than just business to you, that is why they are here to help. First National Bank, Ghana is a subsidiary of the first-run group of South Africa. First National Bank, how can we help you? On the show today, we speak to two pretty incredible people, Mark Kaigua and Muriel Lamin are my guests for today. I'll be telling you a little bit more about them in just a second. But you can be a part of the conversation as well through our WhatsApp number 054-9986-996. Alternatively, you can send us a message on WhatsApp. Um, alternatively, you can actually send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends. We have the app segment and the trending segment on the show as well today. So don't go anywhere. Stick and stay. This is City Trends on 97.3 City FM. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-9986-996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrends. Everywhere you go today, whether on your mobile phone, on your laptop, or literally anywhere in between, what you're most likely to find is someone consuming some sort of content on their phone or their laptop or some other device, a tablet, probably. Well, the issue is, it's not really a problem, the issue is that 
all sorts of people are creating all sorts of content and distributing it on all sorts of platforms but what does it really mean to produce content in this current decade and uh, what are the factors that are changing how are people interacting with content and what are some of the things that you should take note of um considering all these changes well um i have two guests with me um they were in the country a couple of um weeks ago and we had some very very fruitful conversations and i just thought why don't i just bring you some of these bits of content so you can also enjoy it well muriel lamin is currently head of business development at bbc world service a role which basically leads a where she leads a cross-functional team working across commercial strategy business operations communications and philanthropic partnerships so she's very very well placed to basically give us an understanding of what the content producers should be thinking about in terms of who is con like consuming their content and also for distributors and people who want to make a little money of their content what exactly they should be looking out for take a listen Our guest today is Muriel Lamin, who is the head of business development at BBC World Service. She's been involved in too much. She'll be introducing herself to us in just a bit. Um, but we'll be just talking about everything from content creation to um, monetizing your content and everything else in between. So, Muriel, if you could just introduce yourself to my audience. Hi, um, my name is Muriel Lamin. I head up business development for the World Service. Um, mainly in the areas of commercial strategy, operations, and um, philanthropic partnerships. That's, that's quite a lot. Um, but we have gotten to a point where more and more advertisers are shifting their spending to digital. Um, can you explain to us, I mean, we understand why it's happening, but how big a deal is it? I think it's a big deal because um, I don't see the trend changing anytime soon. Um, the thing with digital, it's just not the transition, but it's the rate of acceleration towards that transition. So in the past, we've seen media transitioning very, very slowly. So when print media started dying out, it died very slowly. When TV, you know, moves to Netflix, Netflix has been around, you know, for a very long time. We haven't seen people stop watching terrestrial TV to go into OTT. So we've seen that transition very, very, very slowly. Whereas I think the thing with digital is that, one, it's very quick. Secondly, it's very unpredictable because we've never had to deal with this before. We've never had to deal with a time where audiences have as much choice, advertisers have as much choice, and importantly, as much data. The, the thing that is making it so attractive is the data. We've never been in a position where if an advertiser says, I want men that is between 31 to 35 living in three neighborhoods in Accra, I can get them. Um, we've never had that before. So I think the unpredictability of it means that unless media owners are in a position in which they are preparing now for that rate of change, 
then they're going to be left behind. And I think for African producers and specifically Ghanaian producers, the key thing is people don't need to be in Ghana to target Ghanaian people digitally. That's the one thing to remember, and that's why everybody needs to really think about their next five years, because I could be sitting in the US, and if I want to target that group of 31 to 35-year-old men living in five neighborhoods, I never have to have stepped foot in Accra. I never have to have stepped foot in Ghana. I can still do it. And so I think the local media owners now need to start thinking about how they protect the patch that they've developed. And what they can offer over and above what the global media companies can offer. And it's about building because when the acceleration comes, there's not going to be a lot of room to really start thinking about what we do first, what we do next, because the longer you think, the more money is leaving. And we need to develop a thriving media and communications industry in Ghana. For any media owner listening, that's a very scary position to be in, considering how is he going to get his team in place? The resources that he needs, preparation, because I'm guessing some people might not necessarily be having jobs by the time this overhaul is done. And I'm just wondering, what are they supposed to be aware of? I mean, considering all of this happening, all this change happening, if they haven't thought about it. I think one, educate yourself on digital. Um, it's complex, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's multiple layers of data, it's multiple layers of how to build your site. I think, you know, it's, it's okay to say I don't know and I don't understand it. It's perfectly okay. You know, if you've worked in traditional media, you have to educate yourself and you have to learn what digital is all about. That's the first thing I would advise anybody. Secondly, unlearn anything that you think about traditional media in terms of the way audiences consume, that you know, scheduled viewing, seven o'clock, primetime TV show is on, the whole family sits around the TV and they do it there. Um, absolutely, put, put that to one side. Um, and then thirdly, realize that it's, it's a great, it's a, that if it's, it's a time of fear, but then it's a time of great opportunity. Mm. There are people on YouTube that are you know, five years old making millions. Um, and so all the knowledge you have as to what audiences like, the content they like, nobody knows Ghanaian audiences like you. Mm. And so that's a strength, mm. you know? You, you know. you know that's a strength. You know that not everybody, even if you go to Nigeria, what Nigerian audience is like, what Ghanaian audience is like, it's not necessarily the same thing. Mm. So work from your position of strength, which is I know the content that gets these different types of people, whether it's on radio or TV. Learn digital, don't be scared of it. See the opportunity, but recognize that you need to invest in it in order to be able to thrive. There are quite a number of content producers already who have taken the lead, and it's great for them. But a number of them really don't know where the spending is going, which categories are advertisers looking at putting their money into. Is there any insight you can give them? Hmm. I think... It depends on the advertiser. Advertising isn't less fragmented. It's just that before you had few people that can play the TV game, the people that had the money to play the TV game. Now, even if I'm just producing local clothing and I'm one person, I can still run a digital campaign. That's the big difference. In terms of the trends, I think that telecoms will continue to grow, but I think it would be less acquisitions. Mm. So there was a time when people were just trying to get more and more and more people to sign and, and go into things. I think you're probably going to be seeing more products now. So I've already got you on MTN, I've already got you on Tigo. Um, 
okay, now let me get you onto a bigger data bundle. Now let me promote the new Samsung to you. Now, and so it's, it's not moving from an acquisition, it's more of a upsell, you know, so you're going to have to think about how, you know, how people are going to buy more from the same people. I think as a whole, um, banking and financial inclusion, so if you look at rural areas, as things like mobile payments start to grow, how are we going to, how are banks going to start targeting rural areas? Because a lot of the cities are saturated, right? The banks are already there. I, I see that financial inclusion model ruling out, rolling out into rural areas, and people are now going to start going, okay, how do we get the farmer? How do we get the, you know, the mum? How do we get the, the, the grassroots local trader to have a former bank account? Because now they have a mobile phone, so it makes it significantly easier. So I, I see that as an area of growth um, and then I think just the FMCG as, as always in the West you have a lot of issues with sustainability mm. you know how do we reduce plastic waste I don't know if that's really hits Africa as hard as it is in the West but I think it's coming um, because the message around sustainability and you know wastage in water and all of this I think you know it's, it's hitting the whole world so I think FMCGs and when they start in Africa, that sustainability journey of stopping to package everything in plastic and all of that, I can see that coming in maybe three years' time. Mm. And you will see a rise in FMCGs thinking about how to, you know, develop products in Africa that reduce, you know, plastic waste. Advert, people who produce products globally and people who are looking to spend money on advertising globally, I mean, the market is huge. But as to exactly how much of that market the African content producer is getting, it's it's next to nothing when you when you look at that. What should they be looking at doing to be able to get a bigger piece of that pie? The one thing I always say is if you are publishing in English, whether you're publishing digitally, whether you are TV, especially digitally, if you're publishing in English and you're publishing digitally, you are publishing to the world. And I think a lot of the African content producers, they don't, they don't see that. Mm. So they go, okay, I'm based in Ghana and my audience is Ghanaians. Um, I'm based in, in Accra, my audience is the urban people in Accra. But you're publishing in English and you're publishing on digital, which means that anybody anywhere in the world can read your content. The one thing that I would say is African producers need to recognize that opportunity to publish to the world. Africa is on the spotlight. People are curious. The year of return has just put Ghana in the headlines consistently for three, probably like a whole six, nine, six, nine months. Yeah. People are curious about Africa. African content producers now need to start showing Africa the world. In the past, we've almost had people from outside of Africa come in to show Africa the world. I would like to see content producers saying, do you know what? We, we're here, we're living this. And actually, this is the Ghana we want as young people to show you. I, I commend people like Wodemaya, who I think has done that very well. He's shown Africa to the world. He's traveled around the entire continent and you know, showed a young person's view of tourism in Africa. And he's not usually the people that shows the West what travel in Africa looks like. But that's one person, and I wonder why it is that nobody has duplicated that or nobody has signed him up, or mm. I don't know him, so I'm not <laughs> endorsing him. But something like that, if you look at actually the amount of people that have followed his videos, it shows that there is curiosity about life in Africa. So I would say to any content producer, recognize that when you're doing it in English specifically and when you're doing it on digital, you have the opportunity to take your content everywhere. 
there's a very slim line between social impact in terms of content and just content just to make the money off. And a lot of people are advocating for more social impact content as against just looking for the money. Your opinion on that and how, how profitable is that really? Number one, I think everybody in media has a responsibility. Um, media, the word media itself comes from the word mediate. Um, and the media, at least in the West, um, or I, I believe globally, was set up as a medium between the government and the people. Mm. And I don't think we can ever forget that. You know, Our responsibility is to be a conduit between people in positions of power and people who are affected by the decisions that those in, particular, in positions of power make. And I think I, my response to that would be, number one, I think it's important to create a sustainable business. If you go purely for social impact, it's really important, but if you're not there the next year to continue it, it dies a death. However, you have to be responsible. You have to realize that the audience and the seeds you sow today are going to be reaped tomorrow. And I don't think we can ever or should ever forget the power and the responsibility that media owns. You, you, know, inform, you, you control information, you control pe people, because people will use information to see how they see the world and how they see themselves. Um, and so I think that my, my response to that in a nutshell would be create enough money to be sustainable, but don't be so driven by money that you become irresponsible. Mm. Because ultimately, when you start showing irresponsibility, you lose the very audiences that you're there to serve, mm. and ultimately the whole thing crumbles. Finally, any predictions for the next decade in terms of content creation, in terms of advertising and advertising spend and all of that? I think it's an exciting time. I think it's a very, very exciting decade. I can't even begin to think where digital is going to be in a year's, in, in a year's time, much mm -hmm. less, because the tech companies are coming up with new things all the time. The areas of excitement, I think, are things like um, voice devices, you know, like Alexa, um, what happens when things like that hit Africa? What happens when Google launches Siri and it's a home device in Africa? What are the opportunities? Because Africa is such an outdoors market. Um, I'm curious about that. Um, Predictions-wise, I think content will continue to be aggregated, but it's going to be driven by... I think the power, the power is going to shift back to the audiences where people are choosing what they want to watch, when they want to watch it, how they want to watch it and they're not necessarily going to be dictated to by the content producers. And I don't know what we're going to do with that <laughs> shift. Because we're used to being in the driving seat. We're used to saying, okay, you know, uh, after breakfast, news is news, business, this. Stick with it. Saturdays is sports. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've been in that control seat since media was invented, you know. Now the audience is telling you, no, at nine o'clock in the morning, I want to watch football. And I'm going to watch it because somebody in the world is going to show me. Um, so I don't know if we move to a place of just kind of putting everything out. I don't know how much it will disrupt the, the usual schedules and the way that we've programmed things at different times of the day to target different people. I suspect we'll, we'll need data a lot more to tell us where the audience is going and then be able to respond to that. I think it's going to be audiences leading content consumption and trends, content producers following those trends, and then advertisers kind of always being where the audience is, you know. Um, outside of that, I think it's hard. It's really hard to tell. I, I really think it's hard to tell. Social will co probably continue. 
Um, and then things like voice in the next 10 years may mean that rather than using digital and text and video, we start to, you know, speaking is the most natural form of communication. And so I think when voice devices go global, which, you know, maybe not in 10 years, but they probably will, um, I think that's going to change the landscape again because it means that now the, the third person in the room is the media device that is listening and recommending and you can speak to. Um, and that again presents an interesting opportunity, you know, that takes radio one level up. Um, so yeah, so the future is unpredictable, I think is what I'm saying. The future is indeed unpredictable. Thank you so much, Mio, for sharing with us. And um, all the best um, maneuvering your way around this. Um, this is City Trends on 97.3 CTFM, and the conversation continues. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrends. So First National Bank is basically asking you, why let your business settle for less when you can get a lot more with First National Bank? So go beyond banking with a digital partner that understands your business. Let your business bank the better way with a business account from First National Bank. Now, the First National Bank business account is more than just an account. It's a portal that gives you access to tools designed to propel your business. Now, this includes features like uh, award-winning online banking enterprise, straightforward global payment solution, trade solutions, and merchant services. You can also choose an account that suits your particular sector, no matter what segment you're in, from agriculture to public sector and everything else in between. Basically, First National Bank has you covered. Just visit firstnationalbank.com.gh and opt to have one of their consultants call you back or you can pop into any of their branches in Accra Mall, Junction Mall, Makola Mall, West Hills Mall, Achimata Mall, Tema Community 11, Gian Towers or their head office branch at the Accra Financial Center building. It is more than just business to you. It is more than just business to you. That is why we help, says First National Bank. And our First National Bank is a subsidiary of the First Rand Group of South Africa. First National Bank, how can we help you? Well, content creation is one thing, but content distribution and knowing the population that is consuming the content is a completely different kettle of fish when you think about it and that's why my second guest is going to give us some perspective on that mark kaigua is an african entrepreneur author and professional speaker he's a founder of nendo a consultancy delivering solutions and research training and strategy across the sub-saharan african region now he is the publisher and co-author of respected digital trends and the nendo social media Media Trend Report and Insights Publication. Someone with insights to give us an understanding of what the consumers are actually consuming on the continent. And Mark is here to help us with exactly that. All right, so the conversation is continuing on City Trends on 97.3 City FM. I have with me Mark Kaigua, um, founder of Nendo, um, and he is also the man who supervises the Media Trend Report. And um, yeah, he's the kind of person who would be like, 
King to speak to with regards media insights for the next decade. Now, um, Mark, what sort of trends regarding media consumption um, are piquing your interest right now? I mean, looking back at the last decade and looking at the decade we are getting ourselves into, what kind of trends really excite you? Yeah, really happy to be here and uh, happy to be in Ghana. Not my first time and really appreciate the hospitality. Uh, I've had a really great day and, uh, you know, fan of the show and, and city listeners everywhere. So happy to, to share my point of view. So I think for me, it, it comes down to what do Ghanaians do with their phones? Mm. And that question is one which my team and I, based out of Nairobi, but working all over the continent, we're always pursuing that question. Mm. So the way that we look at it is that if we know where cash is going, and that's the Ghanaian economy, right? If we know where mobile money is going and growing, and that's a form of the digital economy, right? Peer-to-peer -peer payments and utilities and so on. Then when you look at megabytes, megabytes tell us where our time and attention is going. Because they are fixed currency, right? MTN, Airtel, Tigo, you know, you name the, uh, the, the telco, they only have, you'll only buy so much, uh, so many CDs can buy so many megabytes. So if I can tell you where your megabytes are going, I can tell a lot about you. So for us, that's the pursuit we have. And when we look at um, Ghana specifically, and we look to 2019, and say, let's use that as a base to project. Uh, we're looking at about 10 million internet users. The most cautious estimates say about 9.3 million. Mm -hmm. But I'd say 10 is a safe bet. And then if we look at what do they do? What do they actually do on the internet? Uh, well, search is top. Um, uh, Facebook is the second most visited site here. So you're now starting to drill in and see the place of social media. Uh, YouTube is third, so a lot of consumption of video as well. And then when you look through the top 10, you start to see some interesting parallels. You see uh, sports betting as a very popular pastime. This is according to similarweb.com. And so you have two sports betting sites. You also see adult websites. So some interesting parallels there. And but very similar to other African countries. So Tanzania, Kenya, Uganda, or if you look closer field, Nigeria, Cameroon, you'll see this trend uh, emerge, right? So sports betting and adult websites featuring in the top 10 alongside social media and video. So when we look at that, that's what Ghanaians are using their phones for. When you look at their apps, video is just picking up, WhatsApp, WhatsApp for business, and even some short video apps like Like Video, what's called Likey, mm -hmm. a competitor to TikTok. Mm -hmm. And if you've never heard of these, these are just the place that young people spend their time. They want to be impressionable, they want to be humorous, they want to be funny, mm -hmm. they want to be just exciting. And it's short video that's blowing up and will be a huge trend this year. It's kind of interesting when you talk about how similar the African countries are in terms of where the megabytes are going. For you as a researcher, for you as someone who reads the trends and tries to predict where the trends are headed, like how, how interesting is that for you? You know, like, because these African countries are very different in their own ways, but then their searches and what they are looking for and what they are engaged with are like sort of so similar. Like, what does it say about Africa? No, I think it just says that we have an appetite to use the web for starting with ourselves, our personal needs. So I think sports betting for me is a proxy. People love sport here. In dozens of countries, for example, here in Ghana, in the top 25 most searched for words of 2019, Chelsea Football Club is there. And I know, you know, Manchester United fans might look at me and say, but what about Man U? Arsenal fans will say, but, I, but my friends all love Arsenal. I just, you know, I, I just read the news. I don't, I don't write it. That is what, that's what the data says. And that's exciting because it says that sport has the nation captivated. Right? So sports betting is there nearby. Mobile money is underpinning that. 
and if you look to just the rest of the sites it just shows people are appreciating coming together as Ghanaians it's an election year we know that it's just exchanging of ideas exchanging of information this is really the time and the hope is that we'll see that here but also in uh, regional other you know countries where internet users and mobile users are doing the same thing do you, do you think or do you get the sense that content developers in Africa pay close attention to the data that social media or new media allows us to be able to glean you know sometimes you get the sense that the data is there but a lot of the content that's produced is not necessarily based off of that data it's just I don't know what I feel like producing is what I produce. Do you, do you get that sense when you look, you know, across the continent in terms of content producers and the sort of content that they create? I think it's a chicken and egg thing. You have some content producers now that when you look at them and see what they've made, you're so proud of it, you're so excited by it. And they didn't produce it because of the data, they produced it because it was scratching an itch that they had. So they were originators. Mm. Then you have people who look at the data and say, there's a gap here, I'm gonna pursue it. So it's always a mix because you have visionary people who have to pursue the, the, the gap and teach us that we needed this content locally, personally, just for us. Then there's people like you're saying, and there's not enough of them who are saying, look, I spot the gaps. Um, the data says this is the way to go. I'll pursue that. See how it goes. So it's very much a mix. I think to see websites like Ghana Web and MyJoy Online in that top 20 of most visited sites in Ghana uh, is special. I can tell you we look at dozens of African countries all over Africa and look at the raw data and the full data, and you don't have many local websites that feature uh, certainly not as high or as prominently. So this is a special thing. Uh, I think Ghana Web, not, not to toot their horn too much, but, but it's interesting to see how they've actually become a word that people search for and i was like i was quite puzzled by that i was like okay people are actually searching saying you will present for me the front page of the internet today you will tell me what's happening locally so to your point now they can tailor that and say first time visitors of our site and any site can do this by the way even a competitor to them can possibly displace them because you are now saying it's a flat field it's uh that nobody has won the race so we'll go and we'll make We'll look at what first-time internet users want the most and we'll serve them that every time. Mm. And if you pursue that and you pursue your customer more than you want to pursue your writers or your publishing style, you end up, I think, with a lot of learnings and some of those learnings will lead to what I expect to be big hits. Which, which platforms are interesting you at the moment and um, looking ahead for the next decade? Yeah, I think the most interesting platform is, uh, is, is the what's called the... Um, the Transion platform. So Transion is a Chinese company. It's the parent company of Itel, Spice, Infinix, and Techno. Mm. And they now have started shipping software. Mm. So they used to just sell you a phone and say, goodbye, you paid us, keep the phone, it's yours. Now what they're able to do is out of Shenzhen or even here in Accra, they can send an update next time you look at your phone something new is in there from them and it's a service that you didn't know you need or um, or that you might want and so palm pay uh, is one of the companies under this group boom play its name sound a bit a bit similar but uh, one of those is for uh, is for mobile lending so they're able to lend you mobile money uh, that's palm pay and then you have boom play which is about music and music streaming so they're tap touching and tapping the biggest artists and record labels and saying there is no you know spotify doesn't look to africa yet apple music is, is here but it's very niche they're taking a step and saying we will be the innovators who lead and so that's very interesting to take a look at because it tells us that that that's the gap uh, and here's a company that's that's different it's they're supposed to just sell hardware but they now have said they want to get in this other game so i find that interesting because we're not just looking to social networks from the west but you have 
I think, uh, people in the East like TikTok, like Transition and others who will really start the journey and the battle for African African eyeballs and views. Uh, and, and I think, you know, we can only win by having more people bringing great products that work for our context. Finally, um, how will the next decade look like for content producers? Well, I think it's, it's all local. I think it's all local. Um, I think we'll see a lot more in languages that aren't English. That's where we still have a gap. I think even for the people listening, um, I have to encourage you, there's something called the 99-1 rules, called the Wikipedia rule. And what it argues is that 90% of us are lurkers. We lurk silently. We don't create content, we just silently look and leave. 9% will send a tweet, will comment, will do something small, but only 1% create. And I think here in Ghana, in Kenya, in Nigeria, across the continent, it's less than 1%. Mm. So all this content we see on our Facebook, all what we see on YouTube, we have not scratched the surface. All that combined is 1%. The rest of us, when we get involved, it changes the game. So I encourage people, the next decade is about Africa stepping up and saying, you know what, we're here to create, not just to consume. Mm. We're here to create. And the more people step up and say, that selfie camera isn't you know is it is, a, is a, for me to use right let yeah. me let me look at that camera say some things yeah. share it with friends that i think is one of the best things we can do for ourselves and to document uh for cyber culture what's happening in everyday society incredible mark thank you so much i appreciate the time well the conversation continues on 97.3 city fm this is city trends Good evening. I hope you are doing fine. So, Norte from Bawaleshi, we talked a bit and then he told me about how he's not able to send files from his phone to his laptop, whether using the cord or Bluetooth. Let's take a listen to Norte's issue. My laptop and my phone. I'm using techno. When I want to take the data from the phone to the computer, usually... We do the cord, but when I connect the cord from the phone to the computer, it says my phone is debugging. And so I'm not able to take the data from the phone to the... It, it will not show on the computer to allow me to take the, the data. And I changed several cords, like three different cords. And so, they yes. So there we have it. Um, but not uh, luckily for you and any other person facing this issue, we have a solution for you. So let's listen to that as well. Norte, if your computer tells you or the phone tells you that debugging, it means that the USB mode set on your techno phone is at what we call a USB debugging. So go through the system settings of your techno phone and look out for usb mode or usb debugging and switch it off try it and i hope it will help all the best naughty so um this time around i also have a second person with a major issue isaac from winneba has a problem with his his keys or let me say the buttons on his his samsung phone 
Let's listen to him as well. I'm using Samsung S6H and I just got the phone just last month, the last two months. I bought it from Akka, I the front and the recent button. Sometimes it comes on and then goes off. So when I press the power button, then it comes back. But for some time now, it has been persistent. Then I'll put off the phone and then um, trying to restart the phone. Then to come back. After that now, it's no more adequate working at all. Isaac. There comes your solution. Hello, Isaac. It's unfortunate, but under the circumstances, I think your phone has an issue with the power system. The power system is responsible for powering the device and also keeping it charged properly. You will need a very experienced phone technician to look at it, go through the system carefully and fix it for you. I hope um, you will find someone to help you. those conversations were beneficial to you because they were beneficial to me wow great stuff there mark and muriel thank you so much for your contributions on the show today well we jump straight into the app segment with jeffrey oreku sapo so today we are talking about the app called yenko now this app is um, built to help connect you to any career service or delivery company you need to deliver whichever item you want them to deliver the app is called Yenko, Y-E-N-K-O-R. So let's listen to everything that the app is built to do. My name is Nia Evanderpoi and I am the co-founder of Yenko app. Yenko app spelled as Y-E-N-K-O-R and app, A-P-P. Yenko app can be found on the Google Play Store and also as a web app on www.yenkoapp.com. Yenko app is a courier search app that seeks to link third-party courier services or delivery services to users very easily. Suppose you want an item delivered from Legon to Accra and you don't know of any courier services or delivery company within Legon. All you have to do is to download the Yonko app, key in your item's pickup location and destination, and place your request. The Yonko app will then send your request to multiple courier services within 10 kilometers of your item's pickup location. Now, this eliminates the traditional method of randomly using mobile phones to call uh, courier services or delivery guys to deliver your item for you. Okay, so yes, that's the app, Yonko. Try it out and then tell us what you think. And now, Mr. Entry is here with the trending segment of the show. Mr. Entry, what did catch your attention this week in the world of tech? Thank you, Philip, and welcome to this week's set of trending stories in the technology industry across the world with an eye on Africa and Ghana. So to the first story of the week, the World Health Organization has partnered with Chinese video sharing platform TikTok to address misinformation on coronavirus. So this partnership has seen the World Health Organization launch a TikTok account. According to the World Health Organization, the launch of this TikTok account is part of its work to get accurate information concerning coronavirus to people online. 
based on a research by MIT Technology Review, Hull and Center for Disease Control and Prevention. They've seen that there are a lot of misinformation regarding the virus on platforms like Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. So considering the fact that China has recorded most confirmed cases of coronavirus, and TikTok is also the biggest video sharing social media network in China, this partnership I think is going to go a long way to be very successful in addressing misinformation on coronavirus, not just in China, but the world at large. So moving on to other stories for the week. Nokia CEO Rajiv Sarif will be stepping down as CEO after 25 years in office. So most of us are going to remember him of leading the mobile handset industry where he led with the Nokia 3310 and other future phones. And also the decline of Nokia, the brand Nokia, as a preferred phone and then rebirthing it as to what it is now with Android phones and the rest and also becoming rebirthing the Nokia 3310 to becoming one of the most preferred feature phone you want. And also, we're also going to remember him for pioneering the 5G industry and also positioning Nokia to be one of the leaders in the 5G technology industry in the world. I think we are going to remember him for most of this work and then we wish him well in his next endeavors. So to the last story of the week, if you remember, a while ago we brought you a story about users of Apple phones suing Apple for intentionally slowing down older phones whenever there is a new release. So in a new development, Apple has admitted to slowing down older phones and has also agreed to a settlement of $500 million. So in this settlement, there is going to be payouts to bits and pieces of this money. That's the $500 million. It's going to go to most of the people in US who bought these devices. So those who bought the lower versions of the Apple when the new versions came out are going to get a bit of this 500 million US dollars. And I think this is a good development and it's a bold step for Apple to admit that it actually intentionally slowed down older versions. And God knows why they slowed down. So mostly we might think is to increase sales for newer versions because if the older version is slow, if you are able, you might want to get a new one. Thank you for joining me for the training segment. You can follow me on Twitter at OINTRY and on LinkedIn, Yao Entry Ous. Well, that will be all for today's show. I do hope you've gotten a thing or two from that conversation. Um, a big thank you to Mark and, of course, Muriel. A big thank you to the rest of the team as well. The show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow morning. So please make sure you find it and take a listen to some of the gems of wisdom that um, Mark and Muriel brought us. It's been such a pleasure coming your way till next week. Do stay techie.